0: Hello, folks, friends, and all you lovely people. I'm here today wondering about a small question which was popped up to me by a friend. That was, have you ever brushed that all your achievement or success uh, this felt like, you know, brushed aside or you feel very humbled? कि आपको कभी ऐसा लगा है कि आप जहां भी हैं आपको वहां नहीं होना चाहिए था शायद यह जगह आपके लिए नहीं है क्या आपको कभी ऐसा लगा है कि आप खुद से लड़ रहे हैं या द वो ट्रू कॉलिंग ढूंढ रहे हैं और आप जिस जगह पे हैं वहां आप मिसफिट हैं और आई एम वेरी श्योर दैट यू नो द पॉपुलेशन अराउंड Uh, whether they realize or not, it does happen with most of us. Uh, As a matter of fact, the data around the world says that it matters or it happens to around 70% of us at some time in life. It could be growing up, it could be when you're in your career, in your school, or even in your personal space quite sometimes. So, yes, uh, let the suspense go. uh, I would be talking to a very dear friend, a young lovely lady uh, who's with us today about imposter syndrome. So, uh, Aisha, welcome to the Happiness How and our kappas are here. Welcome to Happiness Over a Kappa. Let's see Thank your kappa. You. How does it look? Yeah, so it
1: looks like this. All right. And it is that your only limit is your mind. So thank oh. you for having me here
0: today. All right. So so you all you all got the lovely take uh, on life, of or about Asia. So yes. So we can take that to the there are no limits in your mind at least. So ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to another edition of Happiness Over a Kappa. and let me give you a small brief introduction about our lovely guest this morning. Aisha is an investment banking analyst at J.P. Morgan in Bangalore, India, and she is also a student of applied statistics at Institute of Indian Statistics, Kolkata. As for her hobbies, obviously, you know, you would guess uh, she is uh, Bengali. So, mathematics comes naturally to her. And besides that, she is uh, very active in social circle. Her hobbies, uh, the little that I know, include dancing, singing, you know, going out. She loves, uh, you know, being with friends. And also, uh, one of uh, her endeavours is very active in the track Club. Uh, so active and passionate about it that she is among the founding members of her track Club, that is Middletown, Bangalore. So, uh, Aisha, I hope I have gotten your introduction correct.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. That was really kind of you. Uh, and I am very glad that I be a part of this second Kappa edition. And I hope that this conversation brings light to a lot of people who are listening to us today and also transforms them and their lives in some way.
0: Imposter syndromes, you know, in India seems like a uh, you know, lesser known phenomena, if I may say. Yes, uh, in the West, it is quite known. Uh, The way our culture and the environment goes, I find that not many people are really aware about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, our uh, endeavor today and in most of our editions and uh, series is to make you aware of the lesser informed things so that we are better equipped to combat them, to understand them, and to realize and uh, help ourselves and help people around us. So, Aisha, uh, first is you looking very serious to me. No, I was just <laughs> All listening <right>. to you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. what, what is the word imposter syndrome? Oh,
1: uh, no. So, I think that... In today's generation or today's world, it is something that is very important to be self-aware about. Like like we know, imposter syndrome is a feeling or it's like a unknown characteristic in you that limits you to your full potential. It keeps stopping you that you're not good enough. And this is you doing this to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Mm-hmm. Of course, it is a very new idea that is coming up and something like this would probably not even be coined until recently, right? So Mm -hmm. as much as I have seen, it is very common. I think it happens to every person you know or everyone at least I know once in their lifetime in very smallest ways to biggest ways. And uh, that is why it is so important to hear about this from coaches like you, from mentors, from our parents, so that from childhood, there is nothing that can limit you, not yourself, at least not yourself, because you should be your best friend. You should be everything to yourself. So I am so glad we're having this conversation and I want to start this off by asking you the first question that how do you feel about this and to make it more relevant to the audience have you felt this at any point of your life the imposter syndrome
0: all right goodness uh, have i have i felt uh, the syndrome or suffering from syndrome uh, like you said i was also lesser informed and uh, even if I felt it, I really couldn't define it. And uh, if I would say, uh, was it the syndrome that I was suffering from? I really couldn't be able to decipher it even now. Yet, there have been times where I have felt that uh, I really don't belong here. When I went to do my fighter controller training, and uh, yes i was all hunky-dory about you know the laurels that i would earned, the trophy the medals and stuff like that and a little while in to this training i realized that uh, i was you know being judged by people around me yet when i was pushed in that corner i performed so uh, it gives me two things here i could have uh, not done anything about it and maybe sought some help. Or the other, which was the positive side was to learn and still, uh, you know, follow my gut, follow the strength that I had, but yes, you could do it. And Aisha, believe me, I surprised myself and uh, I came out in fine colors. So this was my experience. Now, uh, before I go any further and, you know, talk more about imposter syndrome, I would ask mm-hmm. you this question. Have you ever felt that, uh, you know, you've suffered with this or you've had friends and people around you who have been suffering and not knowing about it?
1: Firstly, before I start that, I want to say, pause and say that that was a really brave thing for you to do, to Push yourself out of your limit. And I think that's what brings us here, like takes us to different courses of life. And I'm sure that a lot of us can implement that, learn, take some learnings out of that and see that there will be people around you, but it's you that matters at the end. And that's what I learned here. So I want to thank you for sharing that story first. Uh, secondly, for I've seen a lot of people suffering from it. And I think the word syndrome is too heavy. But however, it is, it is very generalized that even if you're facing it unconsciously in your head, you don't even know you can't control it, it does turn out to be a syndrome. And uh, an example I would like to share is uh, someone very dear to me. And I have seen her be amazing at what she is, like, for example, her profession. But because of her socioeconomic background, she never had a chance, or she never thought it's important to even create that platform, because that's how how the generation, or that's how the opportunities were for her. It took her years to overcome uh, what, to overcome the feeling that she thought that she would not be good enough. And I'm talking about my mother, itself. Right? She's a very, very inspirational person to me. She has been amazing at dancing, at wanting to take her career forward, but it only started in her thirties because she kept thinking that maybe this is not the space for her, maybe she's not good enough. And I think that's where not just you, but people around you, your family, your friends, they come into picture how much support they give you. Sometimes there's no support at all. We can't, we really can't say anything about that. But we try to push her. We try to help her as much as we can. And today she's doing amazing beyond limits that we could have imagined, beyond what she could have imagined. She runs a school with almost 150 kids and she handles it solo with no working team, no working management, but it's just her zest to be where she is and it's just that feeling of breaking through the cage so that's one of the biggest learning I have had and seen someone evolve from just imposter
0: syndrome so firstly uh let me uh, you know compliment you here uh, for being so brave to become vulnerable and one is vulnerability about self. And the other is vulnerability about uh, your, you know, close, uh, kith and kin, your people uh, and family. So thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, the little that I know of your mother, I know uh, she's doing wonderful and marvelous. So I want to for uh, the benefit of our, you know, viewers and listeners, what uh, what exactly uh, was the feeling that she was going through, or people that you are aware of, you know, go through when they suffer with this postural syndrome, or if I may call it, you know, before we go to the cause and uh, you know, effect, we, uh, what are the symptoms that one feels if you are aware about it? And then maybe I also can share the little that I know so, or what I have uh, gone through. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. So as much as I have uh, read and seen, so I'm going to, give to answer this in two ways. And because you are the coach here, you're going to tell me if this is right or wrong and what your perspective is too. So the first way is the kind of symptoms I would see live and you can't really name them. There's no big words involved to it. It just uh, as soon as some challenge comes your way. That's what I've seen people like something that is not usual to the nine to five that you do. That is when you start questioning yourself. And when you start questioning yourself, you call for your family, your close friends or people and ask, ask them about you. Like, hey, do you think I should do this? Uh, Of course, getting opinion is something else, but I have seen people discuss it beyond boundaries and it somewhere leads to them questioning themselves. So when the answer lies within you and you're not answering yourself, then we know what's happening. That's one. And secondly, if we see according to science, there's three kinds of P's that are involved in this. One is Perfectionism, Paralysis and Procrastination. So these are the three major symptoms that you get when you are going through Imposter Syndrome. So you you want to be perfect, but there is actually no perfect. Perfection is a relative term. <laughs> and that's what I think. <laughs> And the second thing is, after you are analyzing the scenario, you are becoming more paralytic to it. Instead of being brave and being more open to the new challenges that are coming ahead, you are you are being paralytic to the scenario. So that's your second uh, outlook, your second knock-knock right there. And the third one is procrastinating on it. Mm. So... This, these are the three major symptoms of um imposter syndrome is what I think all right what do you think
0: yeah yeah uh, i completely agree and uh, while i do that i would also want to add you know like i said uh now you know i've gotten thinking that is what happens in the coaching space you know you are you you make a concerted effort to deep dive into yourself and uh you know, do that probing and listen to yourself. So when I do that, uh, I feel the feeling that probably I was going through that time was a feeling of self-doubt or, you know, a feeling of that, yeah, you're not smart enough to compete with others or uh, you know, you really don't have a hold of what you're doing and uh, you kind of uh, out of your depth, uh, up yeah, under a uh, here you feel stifled and there is a an angst you know deeper which if not counted uh, on time, I feel. Uh, I was lucky enough that yes I did come out of that uh, pretty quick and um, later on ended up being pretty good in my career uh, but it can turn into anxiety. it can turn into you know all those symptoms which probably stress can lead to. You know, anxiety, depression, panic attack so, uh, It could happen anytime You may freeze, you may freeze in the middle of uh, meetings You may freeze on stage So, there are many you you are trying to fake it or the people around you think it's uh, uh, flawed I mean, it's not and uh, if I may call it, you know, uh, you feel that you're in a wrong room, uh, whether it is your personal life, whether it is your professional life. And uh, uh, people will uh, see through it and they'll uh, call on you. Uh, so you feel that you'll be exposed. you think that it's like discuss uh, what could be the cause and what are the effects here? So yet, uh, this is the small little uh, you know feel that I have about uh, imposter syndrome. So yes uh, so uh, with that uh, what what do you think could be the cause for this? You know, I mean, if you've thought, or like uh, you, um, uh, you know, you may have spoken to your mother, or or people who probably you've felt friends and, you know, uh, people growing up with you. So, what do you think about this behavior pattern? Or this crisis? Ke. So, I'm not really sure about it at
1: all. Uh, okay. I feel like everyone comes from very different socioeconomic backgrounds. Right? Very backgrounds, and the way they are brought up and the, what they see and around their environment, circumstances matter a lot uh, on their thinking and mm-hmm. how they overcome things. So I think mm-hmm. somewhere it starts there, pata nahi, or perhaps later, be. Unki kuch hua ho, that they couldn't you know erase and move on from for which it has hurt that one part of confidence in them okay so uh you
0: know uh when i get to thinking about it uh i i don't know i i certainly believe the you know first first thing that a person needs to you know when uh and, and needs to understand or when he decides to move up with some purpose is understand about the identity his or her identity so i feel that uh, it emanates from this identity crisis you know due to that lack of confidence or lack of that authenticity at that time thinking that he am i really thick am i good enough and uh, then whereby you try to prove a point and when you get into that with your circles of you know uh, am I good enough and I'm trying to prove a point so yes I sometimes tend to start faking it also you know uh, where and and the reason behind this uh, identity crisis is, uh, identity crisis generally is uh, understanding of your self-worth uh, or self-esteem or self-efficacy if I may say, as a coach, I do come across people in terms of uh, executors, professionals, and entrepreneurs who, at a, you know, very late stage or very successful stage, also have been found to be suffering from you know these three things or interrelated things related to yourself, your self worth, self esteem, and uh, self efficacy. And uh, so that that are those are your my thoughts on that. Or uh, just say now that you are in a corporate career and uh, I know uh, having you know spoken to a lot of clients of mine who are into you know, very high performing jobs or uh, very stressful uh, lifestyles uh, where they are trying to prove a point, chase certain dreams, be very aspirational. So uh, do you feel that in the corporate uh, do, we have seen it happening now that uh, we are speaking about it, uh, does somebody come to your mind, you know, without naming them, could we speak a little more as to uh, what would be the reason that people might be suffering this from?
1: So, I think in the corporate, right, um, mm-hmm. it it's a very, I wouldn't say that it it's what has Happening, but mm-hmm. that's where we are today. It's a very male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. right? And uh, for especially females, I mm-hmm. have seen a lot of people just walking in and not f- feeling being educated enough, good enough, mm-hmm. or and uh, in the corporate, it's also very hard to talk about it with your co employees. Mm-hmm. So. That's where you cannot share uh, or at least you can, but it's not taken very well. Uh, I want to ask you this question because from my experience of corporate course everyone's chasing something every day. Do you think uh, this is more? The imposter syndrome is more prevalent in to the female gender than the male or to the women?
0: Uh, yes, the, the research says so, and I want to be very careful and uh, politically correct when I say that. Uh, yes, like I like I said, uh, you know, uh, there's no uh, real concrete data which I could lay my hands on in terms of statistics in India or in this you know region or this subcontinent. Yet in the West, it is said uh, that. About uh, 70% females suffer from uh, the syndrome and uh, especially uh, women of color. So uh, it is not surprising that, you know, it would be happening here. So there is one word which I had learned, discernment. And discernment uh, to me is uh, looking at things from different energy altogether. You know, energy of positivity. When you want to decipher a problem, it could be anywhere. Instead of, uh, you know, saying, oh, am I not good? You may say, okay, what really could be the reason? While I'm Mm -hmm. saying that, uh, and I'm talking of discerning, uh, what comes to my mind uh, immediately is that sometimes one has to think whether it is imposter syndrome at all.
1: Yeah, Uh, so... Maybe just a,
0: you know... It may be, you know, just your feel. And it may be, uh, maybe uh, what you call, you know, not understanding the diversity, probably. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I want to ask another question in relevance to that, because uh, Uh you've come to a point which is very, you know, like, it's a very good question in today's world that because the West is so aware, uh, and they have come up with such terminology, which we are also, you know, getting the hang of. Is it, is it that that's why they have like more, more of it at the back of their head, ki mujhe kuch ho hai, aur hota hai, but because we're not that aware, uh, it's a good thing. You're not turning it into something or blowing out of proportion, right? So it could become a good thing and a bad thing at the same time when you don't know. Like, limit cross hone ja imposter syndrome. But bhi ho sakta hai, that you don't have it. But because you know the word, it starts growing in your head. Kya ye hai, kya wo, wo, wo sakta hai. So what do hai, So, what is your take on that?
0: Excellent. Uh, so, when you ask me and uh, ask me to give you my take, I would like to people. deeper. And there is no better way to dig deeper, you know, than taking a br- small little break and coming back with rejuvenated and a fresh pair of thoughts. So what, if I have to do that and break this monotony, uh, I would want to ask you, are you a tea person or a coffee person? Uh,
1: I'm, I'm actually a coffee person. All but right. recently I'm getting the hang of good Darjeeling tea. Because
0: you don't get that easily <laughs> For uh, people who don't know what uh, how Darjeeling tea, tea looks, it looks golden in color. So and it is so don't try to pour, keep pouring in other, more leaves when you're brewing it for, for it to turn color. Then things. It wouldn't happen. But it has got excellent flavor. And uh, all those who are watching us from different parts of the world who try various varieties of tea here. And yes, uh, this is not a... Uh, paid segment by any tea planters or vendors. So, yes, uh, we will come back and, <laughs> hope. <laughs> yes, yes, yes uh, we can do justice there. So, this, yes, uh, you all also take a little break and uh, get your kappa ready if you haven't already gotten it there and we we'll come back to you and resume this uh, discussion of a very interesting question that uh, this has posed up. Till then, Don't forget to like our conversation if you do like it and uh, subscribe to it and share it with people and friends. As I keep saying, you never know who might need this help when. So do that and connect with us. Uh, We are looking to hearing from you. So we shall be back with you. You take good care and don't go anywhere. Keep tuning. We shall be here. See you soon. Bye-bye.